Repodcasting is part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet. Hi, Janet. How are you today? Hi, Lucia. I just, before we start, I just want to say, Lucia, thank you for selecting this movie that we're going to be discussing today. Well, well. Because this was, this was comedy gold for me. Like, (laughs) I genuinely laughed so much over the two and a half hours that I watched this movie. So thank you, Lucia. You're welcome. Pick. Uh, I'm very glad that you're not angry that I picked a two and a half hour movie. No, I mean, this is comedy gold. And I know that it's completely unintentional comedy gold, but okay, I couldn't stop laughing. This is very interesting where this is going to go. So I take it you had not seen the movie before. Well, let's tell our listeners what movie it is first. Of course. We are recasting the 2012 musical Les Miserables, starring Hugh Jackman. That's not who we're recasting. I have always loved this musical. I saw it when I was a teenager, and like on stage, and I was pretty excited for the film version. Janet, I'm guessing you had not seen it before. I've seen the stage version. Uh, I think I've seen it more than once, actually. I feel like this is, this is one of those musicals. It's like, (laughs) I think most people have gone to see Les Mis at some point, right? Yeah, it's been, it's one of the longest running musicals. Yeah, but I feel like it's musicals 101. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if anyone's going to see a musical, this is always one of the musicals that people have seen, Les Mis. Okay. Okay, so that's even more interesting. So you knew the musical and you laughed throughout this movie. <laughs> well, I just want to say that it's I've seen the musical. I'm pretty sure I have seen it more than once. I, I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure somebody dragged me to see this more than once. Oh. Um, but it's not especially one of my favorite musicals, to uh-huh. be perfectly honest honest it's okay right I don't know maybe I I probably don't share your enthusiasm for it or your appreciation but it's all right so like that's why I wouldn't have rushed to see the movie okay I yeah I have great enthusiasm for the musical and I got the soundtrack after I saw it and I listened to it a bunch. I don't know the whole thing by heart, but I know a lot of it. And I really have loved it for many, many years. I did not see this in the theater, which is kind of a surprise. So when I forget when and where I watched it, I watched it on home video or whatever. And I was underwhelmed, to say the least. So honestly, like, even though I chose it for us to recast, I wasn't greatly looking forward to rewatching the movie. I was like, oh, it's two and a half hours. It's going to be a slog. I actually like my plan was to watch it two days ago. And I ended up watching it this morning because I basically procrastinated until I reached the point where I had to push play or I wouldn't be ready for us recording. (laughs) 
But that being said, when I put it on, I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. I'm happy to watch this. And even though I do still think that there's a lot of problems with it, like they made this in 2012. It was a really beloved musical. I just feel like there were some choices they made that were all wrong, but I still had a good time watching it. And I certainly did not laugh at it. (laughs) Um, I was emotionally invested. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I don't know, like, I kind of want to talk about, like, I'm surprised to hear that you're calling it comedy gold. So I I kind of am curious as to, like, what was comical about it for you? Uh, Everything. For start, let's start with Russell Crowe and (laughs) him opening his mouth and starting to sing. That was like the first moment that I just burst out laughing because I don't know how anyone can watch Russell Crowe singing and actually take it seriously. It was a joke. That's fair. I I lied. I did laugh at that. It was a joke. And just even his facial expression (laughs) while he was singing, like, (laughs) I couldn't, it's a good thing that I never actually saw this movie in a movie theater because I would have ruined the experience for everyone sitting around me because I would not have been able to contain my laughter. There is no way. Russell Crowe bursting into melodramatic song is the comedy that I needed in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, man. And then... The second time I started laughing was when Anne Hathaway started singing because I was like, what is going on? Like for a minute, I was like, is this a real movie? Like (laughs) someone's going to come out any minute now and say, hi, we're punking you. Like, I just, I couldn't take it seriously. I just, I love it. yeah, I, I I don't know. I was speechless with <laughs> laughter. Okay, I did also laugh um, at one of the at a few of the points when Russell Crowe was singing because he's constantly singing his own name, his own character's name, and so I I did a running tally of how many times he sings the word Javert, and it's seven times in this musical he sings his own name in the third person. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk, uh, are we talking box office now? Yeah. Okay. The budget for this movie was $61 million. Box office, clearly I'm a dum-dum who doesn't know anything, who's not dialed in to what's cool and popular, because this movie was a box office success. It mm. made $442 million. So obviously someone liked it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm so glad because since you do the box office stats, like I purposely don't look it up. And there were so many times while watching I wanted to check how much it made because my first thought was there's no way this made its money back. And then my second thought was, no, it's a known property. Like there were a lot of people excited for it. It definitely made its money back. But 400 million. That's astounding. You know what, Lucia, I agree with you because I actually didn't look at any of these numbers before I sat down Mm. to watch the movie. And when I was doing my research today and I saw how much money it made, I was literally 
Well, I wasn't literally blown away. (laughs) (laughs) I was figuratively blown away because I couldn't believe that it was such a box office success. I 100% expected to see that it was a stinker, that it made no money. So, yeah, I was quite surprised. Wow. Okay. So I mentioned this at the end of last month's episode, but the reason that I chose this to recast is because... Well, I had seen the movie, and so I had seen Russell Crowe in it. And it is one of those roles that ends up on a ton of lists of, like, miscast, uh, why is he here, et cetera, et cetera. So I was really excited to recast him out of it. But I also was excited to recast Anne Hathaway, and I was so glad that you were on board with that, too. And there were actually, like, at least one or two other roles I would have been happy to recast. But in the interest of time, we kept it to Russell Crowe and Anne Hathaway. So the synopsis for the movie, in recent times, I've been writing these synopses, and I want to keep them brief, but this is really like a complex movie with a lot happening. So here is my version of this movie. Oh, God. Did you write a really long synopsis? No. (laughs) No. Uh, So, okay. So Jean Valjean goes to prison for nearly 20 years for stealing a loaf of bread. He tries to work and live an honest life, but due to systemic oppression, he's treated badly and isn't really given a chance. He steals again and then eventually jumps parole to start a new life. He adopts Cosette when her mother Fantine dies of tuberculosis. Yada, yada, yada. French Revolution. Almost everyone dies. Oh, come on. I think anybody listening has either seen the movie or is fine with spoilers. We never, we always spoil it, right? Well, I, you know what? I actually, I kind of feel bad in a sense if anyone, if any of our listeners actually did sit down. (laughs) Oh, no. Because I feel like we inflicted this movie on people. So if anyone actually sat down and watched this, in order to recast with us, I feel a sense of, like, I have to apologize. I mean, I don't know if you feel that way, but I do. Just because it was, it's also such a long movie, but I don't know, I just find it hard to believe that people would sit down and enjoy this. But like I said, I guess they did because it made so much money. Yeah, I wouldn't apologize for this. I I would apologize for the length because, yeah, it is really long, but... I don't think it's that bad. Like, I think it has problems. I think there are casting changes that hopefully, like, we've now, we will improve the movie. There are a few other things I'd like to change. But really, overall, I think this is entertaining. So I don't know. Okay. I wouldn't apologize for it. <laughs> so let's take a quick break before we um, get into our actual casting choices. This episode of Repodcasting is brought to you by the Calgary Foundation. Whether it's funding anti-racism programs, addiction recovery, or food hampers for the hungry, for 65 years, the Calgary Foundation has proudly supported the charitable community to address some of Calgary's biggest challenges. Now, during this period of unprecedented urgent needs, Calgary Foundation renewed its commitment to building a healthy, vibrant, giving, caring, and resilient community. If you're a registered charity looking for a grant, a professional advisor creating a giving plan for your client, or a donor wanting to give back to community, discover a wealth of resources at calgaryfoundation.org and learn more about their work through Calgary Foundation's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. 
And we're back, and it is time for us to tell you who we have chosen to recast in the roles of Fantine and Javert. I'll start with Fantine, played by Anne Hathaway. So she won the Oscar for this role. I don't remember if it like set the record or if it was just really high up there for an Oscar-winning performance for the shortest amount of time on screen, because she's only on screen for about 15 minutes of this two-and-a-half-hour movie. I think that's kind of astounding. Another thing that was like, it was kind of nice. I remember watching the Oscars that year. And when she was coming in, walking on the red carpet, she was saying that her mother had performed the same role on Broadway. Um, and it was actually in 1987 on the first U.S. tour of Les Mis. Her mother was Fantine. So it was very sweet. She was very excited just, you know, to be there, to be nominated, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, she won, which is nice. But I don't know. I didn't go back and look at the other nominees. But I think if I did, I don't know that I'd agree with the Academy's choice on that. But um, anyway, (laughs) I think my big problem with Anne Hathaway in this movie is, and it's actually something that everybody seems to be doing, which is they are... I'm not going to be able to explain this well. It's like they're putting acting above singing. So they're crying and sobbing and screaming and whispering their song lyrics, which you go to see a musical. I don't know. I don't want to see that. I want to hear the songs. If you have a good voice, you should because you've been cast in this role. I want to hear that. So I actually really, really hate when people are like sob singing. And that's something that she's very guilty of in this movie. So I wanted to pick someone who I think can sing very well. Of course, this is a, even though it's a short role, it's a demanding one in terms of the vocal range. So I was actually just kind of like looking up actors who can also sing. And I had forgotten that Emmy Rossum is a trained opera singer. And I like her a lot. She is from Shameless. She actually, I have never seen it, but in the 2004 movie version of Phantom of the Opera, she plays Christine. So she is an incredible singer. She's a great actor. And I think she would have made an amazing Fantine. Mm-hmm. I've never heard her sing before. I had only heard her sing on Conan. Like she sang for, I don't know, a few seconds on a Conan interview. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I agree with you uh, about Anne Hathaway. Like she definitely doesn't have a strong voice. Oh, you don't think she has a strong voice? No. Okay. Not at all. Anne Hathaway? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I assume that she had a better voice but was just sobbing throughout, and so oh. it wasn't coming through. But, yeah, no. I, fair enough. I've never heard her no. sing. Lucia, I think you need to, like, spend, after we finish recording this, you need to spend some time going down the YouTube rabbit hole. And, oh. yeah, okay. I, I would, I'm, I, I don't even know what to say. Um, I personally do not think that Anne Hathaway has a good voice. Okay. That is my personal opinion. Okay. No, that's fair. I, yeah, fair enough. Like, I'm just projecting. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I do know that Emmy Rossum can sing, and I think she's a good actor, and I think that she would have been better as Fantine. I also had a second choice who I'll, I'll just throw in there, but she was actually one of the people who I discovered later was considered, which is Emily Blunt, who I also know she can sing. I don't 
know her range. I'll say that. So I don't know that if she would have been the right choice for this, but I do know that she can sing and I love her. I think she would have been terrific as well. Oh my gosh, you haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns yet? No, nor will Why? I. Why? Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I have no Why interest in that movie. It? I love Mary Poppins and I don't need a sequel. Oh, okay. Well, she act Emily, you do know that Emily Blunt plays Mary Poppins. Yeah. I do. <laughs> okay. So, she actually has a pretty decent enough voice. Okay. Yeah, I could see her playing this role of Fontaine better than I could Emmy Rossum, to be honest. Oh, interesting. Yeah. She also, I did see her in Into the Woods, but she also didn't have a huge role in that, uh, Emily Blunt. So I would be happy with either of them. I think either of them would be better than Anne Hathaway. Moving on to Javert, played by Russell Crowe. I was very happy to get him out of there. I'm sorry. I had no Unlike you, I had no problem with his acting in this movie, but I had a ginormous problem with his singing. I think it was very bad. It's funny because I read a recent article where the person was saying like, oh, his performance has aged much better than Hugh Jackman's. Like, what? Who thinks that? That's To me, that's bananas because I watched the movie when it was relatively new and I watched it today and no way. Hugh Jackman is also unfortunately doing a lot of the like sob singing and whisper singing and stuff like that but he is a million times better he is a million times better as a singer than russell crowe but he's also just a million times better in this movie so yeah so i decided to go with somebody who i do know from other movie musicals because i think for me there was part of me that just wanted to like find look up the people who had played these roles on stage and pick them because it's kind of frustrating to me when you've got a movie musical and you pick actors who are not like they can sing, but they're not necessarily trained singers and they just want some big name for the movie. But I don't know. I think you can do a movie with the stage people. But anyway, I chose not to, but I chose somebody who has done both, who has been on stage and has been in movie musicals. And that is Tay Diggs. Mm, Okay. Yeah. First of all, I love Tay Diggs. I have for a long time. If he's done anything bad, please nobody tell me. I don't want to know because <laughs> I really, really like him. And I loved him in Chicago. I loved him in Rent. And I would love to see him as Javert. He could do it so much better. And honestly, like, even though I was fine with Russell Crowe's acting, I think Tay Diggs could do a better job of that, too. Well, he certainly is a better singer. I mean, there's no disputing that. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's so beautiful. I just want to yeah, see him. He is. He is. He's very handsome. <laughs> yeah. I did not pick a second choice for Javert. I just went with Tay Diggs and I was happy with him. So um, those are my casting choices. How about you, Janet? Cool. Um, so for Fontaine, I don't understand why Amanda Seyfried didn't get that role. Oh. And that's where I put her. That's. Maybe that's lazy. I don't know. But I was just like, to me, she's like a much uh, more, not obvious, but I think she's just, she would have played the role so much better. Oh, that's funny. Because I was going to, I was going to ask us to recast Amanda Seyfried too. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I think she would have been a perfect Fontaine. I think she would have been better at it. I think she, 
I mean, I don't know. I think she's a good actor. I think mm-hmm. she's definitely um, shown us over the years and over all the different roles that she's played that she's she's definitely versatile. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, and she definitely has a better voice, I think, than Anne Hathaway. So I would have liked to have seen her in that role. And I don't understand why she wasn't selected. Like, I get why Anne Hathaway was selected for the role. They wanted high-profile people in those roles. Mm -hmm. And at the time that Anne Hathaway was cast, she was very much, like, she was very much the it sort of actress at that time. And so I suspect that that's why they cast her. It's really interesting because in doing my research... I read a interview that Nina Gold did, and Nina Gold is quite a well-known casting agent in Hollywood. She's the casting agent who was responsible for casting this this film. And it was really interesting to read what she had to say about casting these roles because, for starters, she was talking about casting Russell Crowe in the role. (laughs) And again, I can't help but laugh because she said that Russell Crowe came in. For starters, she said that they had everyone audition, (laughs) which is just astounding to me that they had Russell Crowe come in. (laughs) It's like, did they not audition anyone else? for that role like was Russell Crowe the only one who walked in the door and auditioned for this role because that's the only way that I could see them giving him this role Uh, there was literally nobody else outside the door waiting to audition (laughs) Um, but okay so anyway she said that when they auditioned Russell Crowe that they were just like so astounded and it's like, Oh, it's astounding. (laughs) (laughs) It's astounding how incredibly bad he is, but they did not feel that way. Like she felt that he was perfect for the role and she went on and on and on. She had all this praise for him. And I was reading this and I was like, what am I reading? right now?" Like, Literally I'm in a parallel universe because I can't understand how someone like Nina Gold, who is so well known, such a well known casting agent. I can't understand how they would make this decision of, of Russell Crowe. And same thing with Anne Hathaway. She said that when Anne Hathaway came in to the room and auditioned for her, for Nina Gold and for Tom Hooper, who directed this movie, that they were literally in tears. I read that as well. Watching her audition. And I was like, yeah, I would be in tears too. (laughs) But not tears of sadness or tears of being moved mine would be tears of laughter (laughs) like again I don't understand so I mean I'm not a Hollywood casting agent (laughs) I just have a little homemade podcast (laughs) with my cousin but yeah I'm just I am baffled Mm -hmm. at how this is 
what they this is what they did with with the casting for this completely baffled so don't you think that nina gold is saying this about russell crowe after the fact so that it's like her way of trying to justify casting him no not at all because the interview was from november the 23rd 2012 oh so the interview was actually even the interview was done before the movie even came out the movie came out on december the 25th Mm -hmm. of 2012 so no like you can't even say that so anyway that's who i chose for fontaine uh for the Javert role, played by Russell Crowe, I went Wait, with- sorry, who did you choose for Fontaine? Oh my god, were you not listening? <laughs> I swear I was, but oh, sorry, Amanda, Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried. <laughs> Hello, are you awake? Oh no. Uh, so, then for the role of Javert, I also went with an actor who definitely has a better singing voice than Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. Like, Russell Crowe, I, I don't want anyone, or even you, Lucia, to think that I don't like Russell Crowe. I actually think Russell Crowe is a very good actor. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy Russell Crowe. I think he's the type of actor that it depends on the role. Yeah, I've seen Russell Crowe uh, in some really you know, crank out some really good, amazing performances, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the most recent thing I saw him on was called The Loudest Voice. It was um, a miniseries. It was either on Showtime or HBO. I can't remember. He played Roger Ailes in it. Oh. He was fantastic in that role. Like, he was incredible. Um, hmm. But, yeah, in this role, I, th- he, I think he was just the wrong actor for this role. The singing, he I mean, obviously the singing was a joke, in my opinion. He could not do it. But even the acting, it was just, I, I could not believe him in this role. He felt all wrong. <laughs> so, like I said, I went with somebody who um, I have heard this, this person sing. In more than one film, he has a very good voice. I went with Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor. Oh. I love him. That is no secret. Anybody who listens to our podcast knows that I absolutely love him as an actor. I think he is so underrated. He is a great talent. If I was a casting agent in Hollywood, I would put him or I would try to put him in just about <laughs> everything because his versatility is incredible um and yeah he did kinky boots Mm. in 2005 i saw him in this other film called come sunday where he plays a preacher he sings in that as well he has a really good voice and i don't understand why he wasn't even considered for this role like what a crime What a crime that he was not considered for this role when he's proven that he can sing, 
that he's a great dramatic actor. I mean, for God's sake, he went to Lambda. Like, he graduated. You know what I mean? Like, these are, he's a classically trained actor, okay? Like, I just feel he really does not get the um, respect or the recognition that he so deserves. So, yeah, I would have cast him. And I think he would have been incredible in this role he's such a fantastic actor and he certainly would have done a better job singing for sure yeah i could picture it for sure i don't think i've seen him in any singing roles but i mean i totally believe what lucia that is your homework (laughs) i know you're not gonna do it because you love watching really shitty movies and that's your thing but if you get the opportunity, like, watch Come Sunday. It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, Kinky Boots. I actually don't know where you'd find that. You'd have to... He's in a film that. version of Kinky Boots? Yes. Oh. He and he's incredible in it. He's so great. But yeah, I would... That would be my recommendation to you. I know you're not going to because you have all your crappy movies list that you need to get through uh but if you ever actually want to watch like a half decent movie uh i would definitely recommend either one of those okay i i do watch a lot of crap movies i do not uh deny that and i seek them out that's fine um but i also watch a lot of good movies so don't okay (laughs) also i love musicals and i had no idea kinky boots had a film so i will definitely be seeking that out you love musicals as much as you claim you do. I can't believe you haven't seen that yet. Well, I will. I wanted to mention, because, like, okay, so I recently watched another musical that Tom Hooper directed called Cats, which also falls into the shitty movie category. And I just think Tom Hooper should not be allowed to direct a musical ever again after these two. That's enough. That's enough strikes to not give him any more chances. But one thing that I read about the filming of this musical that just really shocked me is that they did all the singing on the day. Like they didn't pre-record in a studio. And not only that, like that's fine, even though it is a lot of singing, but there was no orchestra playing. They had no music accompaniment, really. Basically the actors wore earpieces with a piano only played off stage. And the piano was there to help keep their live singing in key. It might not have worked all the time, it seems, <laughs> but they didn't have like a count in. They, they had no tempo. They had nothing. So I just don't think that's the way to direct a film musical personally. Not that I've ever done it, but I think with a movie like this, like with a, sorry, with a musical like this, just do the singing in advance. Ha- have them sing on the day. Like, you don't have to record the sound. Like, I just, I don't know. I think that was such a wild way to do it. And I think it actually hurt all of the people involved because even people like Hugh Jackman, who's an amazing singer, there are some songs in here where it's just like, are you okay? You don't sound good. It's really not, I think it didn't work personally. <laughs> are you okay? Are you having a medical emergency right now? <laughs> Oh, man, I just was blown away by that. (laughs) And I thought it was, I mean, we all know that Anne Hathaway, the haircut in this movie, they were actually cutting her long hair. But what I thought was interesting is that it was her hairdresser doing it. They just put him in a dress. 
I had read that before watching today. So I was actually looking out for it and you just don't really see his face. So it was actually her hairdresser doing her haircut in the film. I wonder if that's why they gave her the Oscar. You know what? I bet it is. No, they love to reward transformation shit like that. No, it's always extreme behavior. Yeah. Right? If it's some if something is so extreme, it's like here, give them the Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's part of that. Anne Hathaway refuses to say how she lost twenty five pounds for the role because her methods were life threatening and she doesn't want other people copying it. Who cares? But like why? Honestly, I just like- when I hear stuff like that, I just roll my eyes. And it's like, who cares? Who cares that you cut your hair? And who cares that you lost weight? That literally has nothing to do with acting. Yeah, agreed. For me, Anne Hathaway, she's very precious. I think that was <laughs> how I heard Billy Eichner describe her. And I just love it. And to me, it's perfect. And it's just why I don't tolerate her i guess is the way to say it she just irritates me and i don't want to know know how you lost weight when you have your your holiday party this year don't invite her she's off the list scratch her off your holiday party list you bet (laughs) just going on with like more of her extreme behavior it took eight hours to film the song I Dreamed a Dream because Anne Hathaway wanted to get the scene deeper and more emotional. So apparently she was the one pushing to keep doing it. And they used the fourth take out of I don't know how many. But like, come on. I don't know. Yeah. I just I the more I read about her, the less I like her. And I already didn't like her. <laughs> Sorry, that's mean. Oh, I did find a, a good list of other people who were considered for that same role. For Fantine, Scarlett Johansson, Amy Adams, Jessica Biel, Marianne Cotillard, Kate Winslet, Emily Blunt, and Rebecca Hall. So there are some great ones in there that I don't know why they didn't choose them over Anne Hathaway. Yeah, like Jessica Biel. <laughs> That's what? How was she even considered? What is happening I know. there? <laughs> like Jessica Biel. I've never heard Jessica Biel sing. If someone needs to educate me on that, by all means, like write me, write us an angry worded email. I've also but, never seen her act where I thought, oh, this is good. Yeah, like what a joke. This is what I mean about when you hear about these casting lists. <laughs> it's like, how do you go from Kate Winslet yeah. to putting Jessica Beale on the same list as Kate Winslet. Jessica Beale is literally like a CW actress. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's where we've seen her do most of her work and you're putting her on a list that has Kate Winslet. Like these lists are always they feel so arbitrary. <laughs> yeah. It's like they just throw a bunch of names on these lists and I think what irritates me when I hear these casting lists is how uncreative how so little thought seems to go into the casting process for a lot of of these movies it's like you know they sit down they make these lists and it's like but do you actually think about like these actors are you actually being thoughtful in this process do you actually consider 
outside of like a very narrow field of vision? Do you actually look at the work of other actors and consider anyone other than like this, like narrow, acceptable list of names? Mm -hmm. It kind of feels like a lot of times when we read these lists of names that it's like they sat down and made the list and said, who's hot right now, who's got buzz right now or whatever, you know, it has nothing to do with their talent. Absolutely. And that's why I made that comment about, mm-hmm. uh, about Anne Hathaway. Like she was very much a hot commodity at that point in time. Right. And I think that that's why she got the role. Yeah. Well, I guess at the end of the day, and this is, I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying this is a good thing, but at the end of the day, when they're casting someone they're thinking of the bottom line. Will people come to see this person in the movie theater? Yeah, of course. It's all it's all about money. Mm-hmm. At the end of the at the end of the day, it's all about cash money. At the end of the day, it is all about money. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> what is that? It's from the movie we just watched. <laughs> it's one of the songs. I'm really glad that my husband left the house today while I watched this because I just sang my little heart out because I love the songs in this musical and me singing along to Russell Crowe helps me not hear him. So yes, okay. So what else do you have on this? Do you have any other facts or? Well, I feel like I'm coming down hard on Anne Hathaway, but I have one more story. Oh, Jesus. I I can leave it out. Okay. Make it quick. I'm starting to get a little bored by this. Sorry. All right. Well, though this scene was cut from the theatrical edit, Anne Hathaway insisted that she perform a single stunt that involved Fantine's corpse being thrown from a window into a waiting cart. Tom Hooper and the producer, they had already hired a stunt woman and they were hesitant to allow Anne Hathaway to make the fall. And she apparently convinced them by saying, don't make me say it. Guys, I'm Catwoman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we get it. She's super method. Yeah, that's about it. The only other thing that I read that was kind of interesting is that the cast wasn't allowed alcohol due to the demands of daily singing. And apparently Russell Crowe and Amanda Seyfried found this particularly challenging. And Russell Crowe gave her a bottle of whiskey as a parting gift (laughs) when the shooting was done. Okay. Yeah. And then the ratings for this movie on IMDb, this has a 63% from 41 critics. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 69% from 255 reviewers. And I have to say, that's more or less where I'd put this movie. You'd probably put it lower based on everything you said so far. But uh, yeah, I think somewhere in the like 60-ish range feels fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'll admit I I was a bit surprised to see those ratings, but... I guess I'm a tough critic. (laughs) So we will take our last break before we get into our final segment. This episode of Repodcasting is brought to you by ATB. If you're wondering about how to manage your finances, rebuild emergency savings, or continue to save for your child's education, ATB can help. ATB was built to answer Alberta's financial questions in tough times. ATB was built to help Albertans. For answers to your questions and to learn more, visit atb.com. And now back to the show. And we're back, and it's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza. It's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. 
And I'll go first since I went first with the casting. I was pretty excited to put Tony Danz into this movie because we know he can sing. And, you know, he's so funny and he's so fun. I cast him as Monsieur Thénardier. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Played by Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, I think he would be so fun in that role. It would be a little outside of his usual style because, you know, that guy's a real creep and a crook. But yeah, I think it would be so fun to see him play that role. Sure. Well, Tony Danza can sing. Exactly. God, Tony Danza would have been a better choice for... For Javert? Russell Crowe, never mind. <laughs> um, I'm going to cast Tony Danza as Jean Valjean Oh. He's Tony Danza, and he deserves the lead role. And also, like, I kind of like how Jean Valjean, like, that whole story of how he, like, reinvents himself, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like Tony Danza would really channel that so well. I don't know. Plus, I just want him in the lead. (laughs) Nice. I could see that. Also, even though we start off with Jean Valjean in prison, it's clear that he's a moral person. He has a good heart. And Tony could definitely play that. Agree. Definitely. Yeah. So that does it for Les Miserables. Hopefully nobody is angry at us and does want an apology. But if you do, Janet gave you one. So. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, an apology for... For making them watch it. For even suggesting that they watch it. Yeah. So next month and next year, our movie will be The Firm, starring Tom Cruise, a repodcasting favorite. (laughs) So I think that's it for this month. Janet, thank you, as always, for joining me. Thank you. And goodbye to everybody. Oh, wait, one last thing. Uh, If you want to email us, you can do so at repodcasting at gmail.com. And you can find us on all the social media things at repodcasting. So that's it for us. Bye. Bye.